Finish sales event is going on now at Bettenhausen Ram on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Power on into the new year with the strength of a new 2022 Bettenhausen Ram truck. Your best Ram buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCTJR.com. Welcome to the Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. The Hockey Show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle coming to you from a. Uh, a snowy First Midwest Bank studio in I'm downtown gonna, uh, Chicago. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to uh, put a rink in the backyard today. I'm going to go ahead. I mean, it's almost April, Brian. What the hell is going on here? If the, the little snow doesn't bother you, the wind might. Yes. What did you say? 70 mile an hour winds reported? We're in the First Midwest Bank studio, and, and next door to us, ABC7 uh, weatherman was uh, Sugar Grove had 72 mile an hour winds last night. Oh, here we 45. Only your plane might be a little choppy coming in, might be coming in a little heavy. Oh. Well, the Hawks, they're, uh, they're in a much warmer place. They're in Las Vegas today. Uh, they'll take on the Vegas Golden Knights, 2 o'clock on ABC7, by the way. Third straight nationally televised game. That works for hey, me. Uh, they're 2-0 so far. Come yes, on. they are. 2-0 against Anaheim and Los Angeles coming off the trade deadline when you got to think morale's down, right? right. One of their... The favorite guys in the room, Brandon Hagel, that stunned everybody, including Jonathan Taves. He gets dealt on uh, last Friday. Yep. And then Marc-Andre Fleury dealt uh, on, on deadline day. Carpenter, another piece. And uh, they come out and they're, they're trying to find the quote-unquote identity of this team. And, um, you know, I have to give them some credit for the performances they turned in this week. I oh, mean, man. They're, they're, they're not flawless by any means. But uh, considering what they just went through, I, I was surprised. You know, especially the game against the Kings, right? Because yep. they're just being dominated in scoring chances in the first period. And thanks to Patrick Kane, they end up with a one nothing lead going into the second period. But, I mean, they're sitting there, what was it, 14-3 in the scoring chances? Right. Now, they kept right. them all outside. But, uh, you know, second back-to-back, second night against a pretty good Kings team that could make some noise in the playoffs. Is they're a pretty good defensive team, but uh, yeah, I mean they still they still end up on the wrong side of that ledger more often than not in terms of quality scoring chances and such. But hey, they found a way. And by the way, Patrick Kane, twenty two points Ooh. in eleven games this month. He's tenth in the league in in, in points right now. Okay, yeah. so it, say what you want. At the end of the day, the future Hall of Famer is still top ten in points on a team that was severely challenged when it comes to scoring all season long. All right, the big story of the week, the fallout from the trade deadline. And where is Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane at with this rebuild? Here's Jonathan Taves on whether the rebuild has made him question his future here in Chicago. I wouldn't say it makes me question as much as, like, you know, for the longest time, never ever, um, the thought never entered my mind to ever leave Chicago. And in this case, uh... You can't help but but picture yourself and, and what it'd be like to to play for another team and just what that experience would bring and um, 
thought pops in your mind, obviously, but again, um, Chicago is my home. I love the Blackhawks, love the organization. It's, it's been uh, my family for a long time, and, and you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, putting the cart before the horse or getting ahead of myself in any way. So that's the captain, Jonathan Taves, after the trade deadline passed and uh, Brandon Hagel moved on, Marc-Andre Fleury, Carpenter moves on, and he's got one year left on his deal after this year. He's going to be 34 next month. What did you think, Brian, of Taves' response there, saying for the first time that it has entered his mind about leaving Chicago? Well, when that when he said that on Wednesday, I, I mean, he didn't dance around it like Patrick Kane, didn't touch all bases and cover all bases. He just came out and basically said it, it's now something he's thinking about, right? And again... He can control everything, right? He, he, he and Patrick Kane have the no movement clause. Not ten teams. They just if they don't want to go. They don't go. Now, right. as you said, he's signed only through next season, as is Patrick Kane, right? So that is interesting because when a guy starts talking like that, almost like he has one foot out the door, and I'm, he's, he's still going to be the leader on the ice and everything else. But his frustration has come in many forms in the last year: in injuries, health, you know, dealing with uh, not being out there. And his play has lacked in the last couple of years as well. Now, Brandon Hagel and he uh, on that line, he was, he was starting to score again, right? He was right. starting to end up on the score sheet. So I, I just, you know, the, the reality is if you move Jonathan Taves, you're not going to get nearly as much as you would have gotten three or four years ago. If you move Patrick Kane, you're going to get a King's Ransom and then some, right? So Kyle Davidson's going to have to have those conversations. And I don't know if you wait till the end of the season, but, I mean, it's a national conversation, right? But before the uh, the Anaheim game, Patrick Kane is, you know, I, I think that was a recorded interview, right? Yeah, it was uh, Will Arnett. Yeah. No, that was live. Yeah. yeah and, and Will Arnett uh, was on with the TNT crew. And hey, he said, hey. yeah, He's a huge Leafs fan, and, and he's just said, uh, all right, who's going to leave first? You, you were Taves. That's the first question he shouts out of the box, and Kane's just like, what? Well, the, the, all three questions. Gretzky asked yeah. something not far from that but either. But he did it much more diplomatically. Yes. Yeah, right? but, but, I mean, it, it was all basically like, what, when are you leaving the fire sale? Yeah, right. Where are you going? You know, you know, yeah. Can you tell me? Yeah, you, you look good in blue and white. <laughs> exactly. You know? Since we Marc-Andre Fleury, we can make room for you on one of uh, our top line up in Toronto, eh? It, look, look, these players are programmed to take it one shift, one game at a time. At least that's what they're told by their coaches and, and their parents and and by all of us uh, throughout their career. So when you ask them, how do you fit into a rebuild that could be four to five years in the making, that is the, they're not accustomed to answering something like that. Right. They are day-to-day, shift-to-shift, game-to-game. They think every year... You can put stack some wins together, sneak in the playoffs, and make a run at the cup. I mean, we obviously know that that's not realistic. And John knows that. I mean, geez, like, they haven't won a playoff series since 2015. They haven't been in the dance since you want to depress everyone? 2017. <laughs> Just, I mean, you know that, but boy, when you say that... Yeah, it's I'm, a long time ago. Oh, my good Lord. And, and let me ask you this, Pat. If Taves wants out... Does that increase the chances that Kane wants out? I mean, I, 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 I mean, are they? No, are, you know, we we think of Taves and Kane, yeah, Kane and Taves, yeah. almost you know they're they're joined at the hip. 
but in Inclu- this point, including in their car endorsements. Yeah, right. Uh, but, but at this point in their careers, having won those championships and cups here, is it just what's best for me and my family, or it's like okay? Well, I think I'll answer my own question. If Kane gets wants to out, you know, and has that conversation with Kyle Davidson, then what's Jonathan Taves want to stay here for at all? Maybe it doesn't work the other way. I think it makes it easier for the other because, like, Chelios was, uh, how would you say? I mean, he was lambasted by the Blackhawks fan base for leaving here and going to Detroit. He got booed every time he came back to the United Center, even in warm-ups. I, I right. would be up in the press box, and it bothered the you-know-what out of him. And I was in uh, in Pittsburgh the day that he was waiting for a cab to head to the airport because the Blackhawks and his agent couldn't come to a contract extension. And it was the most surreal scene. There was high tea at the William Penn Hotel. So a bunch of elder women... And some guy, you know, string quartet playing and, you know, classical music and finger sandwiches and and champagne, whatever it was. And and Casey Johnson and I are chasing Chelly out to the cab stand. Was, you know, we thought it might go down, but it was going down. It was it was reality. And I never thought Chris Chelios was going anywhere. Right. But that that's that's the reality that Patrick King talked about a week, week or so ago that you'd love to be that guy who played for one team, not that Chelly did. But he was certainly a fixture here in Chicago, and and no one saw going to the hated Red Wings too. Just yeah. compounded everything. Yeah. So, look, I I I I don't think any fan would be thrilled if if either left town. I mean, I think there's a a large contingency of this fan base that loves those two players. I I fall into that category. I I feel like they've earned the right to decide if they want to finish their careers here. Within reason, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to pay for for past work that they've done on the ice. It's got to be a fair deal. I still think Patrick King is going to be relevant when this team is good again. I don't know about where Jonathan Taves' game will be at when this team is good again. So, if if they both want to stay after this contract, Patrick Kane's money is going to look a lot different than Jonathan yes. Taves. It just is. Yes. Can Jonathan Taves live with that? That's a question. I mean, look, he's made a ton of money, right. uh, and 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 part of staying in Chicago, uh, there is endorsements attached to that. He makes a lot of money with uh, the gear he wears. Yeah. Being in Chicago, being on nationally televised games, even when the team isn't good, versus if he went to Carolina. Right. You know, I'm just throwing a team out there. But no, this is a question that that Kyle Davidson needs to have with those two individuals this summer. And I think it's important to note the the Blackhawks and any NHL team can only retain the salary on three players per season. They retain salary on Marc-Andre Fleury, Ole Mata. They have one slot left. So between now and the draft, if they wanted to retain a part of Taves' contract for next year, like half of that. Sure, to, to get more assets in return. Or to get said team to take him. Right, right. And to fit under their cap. Uh, they still have one slot. I think that's another reason why you just didn't see uh, a Strom deal thrown out there. At Interesting. The you don't want to burn that. You, you wanted to hold on to that yeah. slot. Now, it, after the draft and the new... 
NHL year that'll begin in July. You it's going to start later because you get your of three. But teams teams deal before the draft. Draft. Right. Okay, so if they want to make a move before the draft with one of those key players, they have the ability to retain salary. So I think that's another mm. key component to why yeah. a deal. What you know? Why some of the you know Dehan didn't get moved or you know they had they had value placed on all these players and Davidson is you know he's setting establishing his reputation as a general manager this is his first trade deadline youngest GM in the league so if he has a, a conditional second round value on Strom and everyone's coming in at th- third round and fourth round and he gives him away for that all of a sudden his reputation is hey just wait just wait he'll, he'll cave no he's like I'm not going to do that yeah and to the point, he played poker with Marc-Andre Fleur. So let's get into that. want to hear from you. Your thoughts when you hear Jonathan Taves say, for the first time in his 15-year career, the team that drafted him, the team that he won three Stanley Cups with, that he's won a Conn Smythe with, that he will forever be linked to, he's thought about, for the first time, what it would be like to play in another NHL city. 312-332-3776. we got Barstool Chief coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. his way out up to the blue line. He'll drop it back through the bracket. He'll smash it down to Strom. Strom looking out in front. Puts it there. There's a shot and he scores! Alex to break it with the goal. And the Chicago Blackhawks are up 2-1. to one. Solid start to the road trip for the Blackhawks. They knock off the Anaheim Ducks 4-2 and beat the LA Kings 4-3 in a shootout. Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you. It is the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Uh, we got a poll question up and running. We talked about it in the uh, our first segment. The appetite for Taves and Kane to endure and go through a rebuild here in Chicago. And for the first time in his career, Taves is considered what it would be like to play in another NHL city. What's the poll question we have up and running on Twitter? If, uh, in fact, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, who, by the way, are represented by the same agent, Pat Brisson, right, um, do decide to waive their no-movement clause and, in fact, go to Kyle Davidson and say, you know what, the rebuild's going to take however long and we'll be uh, watching you from a different city. Good luck. But if, if they do want to be traded... Would you rather see him trade it this summer before next season or during the season and maybe up until the trade deadline and, and have teams bidding for a Patrick Kane? Either or. What makes more sense for the team uh, moving forward and maybe what makes more sense for the players as well? Um, you know, you have to consider every you – know, first, Patrick Kane has to get completely healthy, and, and you speculate at some point he might shut it down before the end of this season. The way he's playing, I, I don't know. It seems yeah. like he's he's gutting through this. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, as long as he can go on these scoring streaks like he – what, 23 points in the last 11 games? He's not shutting that down. No. But it – so once he gets healthy completely in the summer and can obviously, you know, pass a physical for another team – 
I, I just don't think you bring him into the next season. I, I, I you don't, don't think you bring Kane into next season. If he wants, if they want to be moved, right? If yeah. they say, you know what, the more we think about this, they could get hurt in a meaningless game next season, right? Uh, it could be a season-ending injury. Everyone knows what Patrick Kane's all about, and then you know they know certainty what his one year is going to be looking at in terms of money. Same with Jonathan Taves. So they can have a conversation with the agent on what an extension looks like as well before right. they make that move, right? Right. I mean, I, I think it'll be, for, for Kane, somewhere in the neighborhood of $7 million a year. Yep. And considerably less for the captain. Yep, absolutely. Um, so... But, you know, again, this this comes down to they first of all their decision. And in Patrick's case, do I want to be the all time leader in points, goals, assists, so on and so forth? Do, do I want to start and finish my career here? If the answer to any of those is no. Then yeah, you, you you have to do your due diligence, and you would get the most in return for Patrick. And so, and I mentioned in the last segment, they have one slot to retain salary. So you could help another team. Uh, you know, he, he's going to want to go to a place where he can, he can contend for a cup. Right. And that's the other thing. I mean, you know, we went through this with Marc-Andre Fleury, where he had the, the list of 10 teams he could give the Hawks where he didn't want to go. But this handshake agreement, if, you know, the Blackhawks were going to honor, if, if, if he didn't want to go, you know, they would they would just let him play out the season here. Well, end up, you know, they move him to Minnesota. And I want to get into that, too, by the way. That, yeah. The whole conditional and what that's going to look like moving forward. Because all of a sudden, Cam Talbot decided, yeah, it's nice to let's take a seat over here, Mark. I'm going to be, uh, you know, maybe a little fire under him a little bit. But, you know, I, I just, when you look at this, and you said they played a little bit with fire with Marc-Andre Fleury playing on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. With the trade deadline on 2 o'clock on Monday afternoon. I, I just don't see why you would play fire times two, play with fire times two to, to bring Kane and Taves into next season and then decide to move them. And, and, and look, they can control, they want to go to a contender. If you're Kyle Davidson, are you going to say, oh, give me a list of teams you don't want to go to? And then, uh, you know, or, or just say... Uh, I would try to facilitate, yes. Yeah. I, would, I mean, if you're going to do it for Marc-Andre Fleury right. and he's been here right. for three months... I'm going to do it to the t- two guys that have won three cups and have been here for 15 years. Well, Absolutely. then they, they might give you a list of four teams they want to go to. Right, no, right? That, and it, the, but, you know, like Tave's list might be have to be bigger because right. there's not going to be the market for him. Right. Uh, t- I, I have to think it would be a bidding war for Patrick Kane. You would hope so. Um, and here's the other thing. If they don't move either, next year at the trade deadline... DeBrinkett, Kane, and Taves will all be in the final month or two of their Blackhawks contract. Hmm. Can you imagine if if Kyle's phone was ringing for Brandon Hagel, what it'll be like with the potential of Alex DeBrinkett, Kane, and Taves all in all on expiring contracts? Well, with wow. The, with DeBrinkett, don't you have to get something done this summer? I would think so. Yeah. I would think and, so. And if, if Kane wants to stick around, don't you have to get something done this summer? I mean, it, you know, just yeah. have, I, get I, that I, conversation out of the because way. Because they, they they go together. Because yeah. of, you yeah. know, the nine and a half that you have allotted to Seth Jones, Oof. you know that with the numbers that, that Alex is putting up, you know, he's going to command somewhere north of nine million a year, probably closer to ten. Yep. Um, 
it, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to figure out how again. And this is in a rebuild too. You've got to forecast when this team is going to be relevant again. Maybe best case scenario three years from now. So that's a lot of coin to pay out to two or three guys for a team that's probably not going to be in the postseason. So, hey, I wanted you, you touched on the Mark Andre Fleury deal. Let's dive into the art of that deal. So Hagel gets moved on Friday, and it stuns a lot of people, and they get a ton in return. Two first round picks, uh, the top ten protected. So then you've got your other trade chip. Mark Andre Fleury, but as you mentioned, Mark holds the cards. He he doesn't want to go to Washington because of his allegiance to Pittsburgh. He doesn't want to go to Vegas because he hates management because of the way they treated him. Colorado, all of a sudden, they've cooled down a bit. So really, it came down to Toronto, and Minnesota was a late add to the the trade sweepstakes for Mark Andre Fleury. So. You know, Kyle's working on this deal with Bill Guerin. Now, Bill Guerin is a former teammate of Marc Andre Fleury, mm-hmm. so they've got that connection. And Bill's not a dumb guy. He realizes that the number of seats for Fleury to land in and and to fall into, you know, close to his family, able to come back and see the kids when he not not cross the border and deal with visa issues or or COVID protocol in Canada. So. He's not going to give up the farm. He did not want to give up a first-round pick for Marc-Andre Fleury. That is the price tag that Kyle Davidson put on Fleury. So Sunday night comes at the United Center. They had played on Saturday. And so you you knew Lankanen wasn't going to play back-to-back games. And we thought it was going to be the other way around, right? You know, we found out. On Saturday morning, yeah, but I mean, if you have a deal in the works yeah. on set, you know, I, I could see why they were buying time. Yeah, well, they don't get to the spot where this deal is close. So Kyle Davidson says, "You're playing," and so Mark Andre Fleury goes out there Sunday night, and we all knew that, like, okay, I think he's going to get moved. It looks like Minnesota is the place that he will land. But why is he in net? And then during the game, he loses his glove and almost made a save with his bare hand. I mean, he breaks his hand or does anything on the eve of the trade deadline. That deal's off, Brian. Yeah, and then Kyle Davidson has to answer a lot of questions. Well, here's the thing. Bill Guerin slept on it, woke up Monday morning, saw that they were willing to play him, and... And they weren't going to move him if, unless they felt it was right. And so he tweaked it to the conditional first-round pick, where it's a, it's a, it's a second-round pick, but if the Minnesota Wild get to the Western Conference Finals and Flurry has at least four of those wins in the first two rounds, it becomes a first, and the deal gets done. But that is, you talk about playing poker at the trade deadline and trying to kind of uh, establish your reputation as a general manager and how you're going to handle things. It worked out in their favor, no question. But I- I'm watching that game Sunday night going, oh, my God, he's trying to stop a puck 
with a bare hand. So Marc-Andre Fleury is making his Minnesota debut tonight, right, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So Cam Talbot has won his last seven starts. Yes. And Dean Everson, the, the coach, said, well, after each game, we'll evaluate our goaltending. So it's, it, he's making it sound like it's 1-1-A, one one and they can go either way. So you better hope that Cam Talbot starts hitting uh, some speed bumps here so Marc-Andre Fleury is, in fact, the goaltender during the playoffs to get those four wins. Let's go to the phone lines. John and Elk Grove joins the hockey show. Good morning, John. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning. How are you guys? We're doing all right. Good. Um, this has bothered me for a little while with all this talk about Jonathan Tays and his decrease in production. But do you remember it was probably five or six years ago when he ran, went on that radical change in his diet? Uh, yeah, I mean, John, John's always been uh, kind of at the forefront of, of his health and, and nutrition. And yeah, there, there a few years ago, uh, there was that story where they showed all the, the different berries and nuts and things that he... he uh, he eats. Uh, so, yeah, what, what's your point? Well, what the, that's when his production started to drop down because he got so lean, he wasn't able to keep up with the rigors of, uh, you know, the regular season. And if you look back, you'll see that that's when his production really started to fall off. Yeah, well, it, it can also be his age too. I mean, there could be a few things that are uh, more carbs, going in there. More meat and potatoes. Is this is this the uh, is this the uh, Jay Cutler has diabetes and shouldn't play at wow. night? Uh, <laughs> Open up. Are, that. are, are yeah. we are we yeah. are we going down that road? Yeah. We're going to blame it on on his nutrition. Man, I yeah. You know, is he still? Is he? Is he? There was some talk that the. The type of workouts that he was doing in the off season were a little different than what the team wanted a few years ago, and there's been an adjustment made okay. in, in in that area. But I'm I'm not going to get into I don't I don't think his his production is completely linked to uh, everything that he's putting into his mouth. I mean, sure, certain things are are based on one another, but. Interesting take. Um, <laughs> of all things, didn't, didn't think I was going to get that call this no, morning. No. You know, when God John, you, John changed his yeah. uh, nutrition regimen, take a look at uh, his production. Okay, unless you're shopping with him at Whole Foods you know, he's and you're doing preparing, that hot, I, I really he's don't doing know. Hot Bikram yoga. I don't know. You know, we'll have a, a, a take on that. It'll it'll be Barstool Chief. Uh, he is. <laughs> He is, uh, you know, he's he's on the pulse of the Blackhawk fan. So I want to want to see where he's at after this trade deadline. He, like myself, huge fan of Kane and Taves. Uh, when he hears Johnny say, "Yeah, you know," for the first time, I, I consider playing for another team. We'll get his thoughts on that. Barstool Chief joins the hockey show next on ESPN One Thousand. The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, on the FM 100.3 HD2, and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Rolling on on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you in our first Midwest Bank studios. A division of Old National Bank. 
Tyler Aki is behind the glass making this thing happen. And on the other line is the one and only Barstool Chief. You can hear him on Redline Radio. Follow him at Barstool Chief. How you doing this morning, Chief? I'm doing well, guys. How you guys doing? Any bar openings last night we weren't invited to? <laughs> I need a little bit of a break from that bar. It's just it's, it's a great bar, River North. Check it out. But it is it's exhausting. So it's exhausting. I, after last weekend with the tournament, I'm, I'm glad to be on the couch just watching a little uh, World War II in color while I talk to you guys. All right, so let's, uh, let's dive into this Blackhawks team. Your thoughts on what they did at the trade de- deadline, namely – Moving Hagel and Flurry. Yeah, I think that the Hagel situation is one that everybody, including Taves, is up in arms about. But I don't know how, if you're Davidson or or anybody else, put Taves in that seat and be like, "Hey, you can get potentially four NHL players for a guy on a good team that's on the third line." And I love Brandon Hagel. I'm not trying to dismiss his contributions or his effort or anything like that, but. We're talking four NHL caliber players if you if you hit on those two draft picks. So you have to do it. Uh, it accelerates the rebuild. Taylor Radish looks like a guy who just needs uh, maybe a little bit more opportunity. Yeah. Seems like he's got a big brain. Uh, has helped on the power play already. Good size. Like I like him a lot. Kachuk's kind of a tough guy. Upgrade the fourth line. Uh, it, it's, it's a good move, and I don't even know if it's that much of a net negative in the short term. You know, and Pat made this point before uh, Hagel was traded. If you do move him to a contending team, he's not playing the same role that he's playing with the Blackhawks, right? right? In the first three games with Tampa, he's averaged eleven point or eleven minutes, and he was averaging about yeah, twenty-one it, minutes here. Yeah, per, I mean, great example of you know, you're not going to put him in the lineup on the power play over Nikita Kucherov or Stamkos. Right. So, and he's also never going to shoot twenty-two percent again. Exactly, like that shooting percentage is absurd. Um, so that's just, you sold high, great move. Uh, the flurry move. Uh, oh, and by the way, I actually did bump into Jonathan Taves at Whole Foods like a month ago. I was listening to you guys beforehand. Okay. Perfectly normal cart, lots of protein. Everyone <laughs> should just shut up about that. Uh, <laughs> Could you believe that so, phone call? I felt like yeah. this was shades of Jay Cutler. You know the reason why they didn't play well on Monday night? It's the diabetes. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't, you know, I was like, come on now. We're going to start going that John, right. Johnny's decline is because of the, the nuts and berries that he's getting at Whole Foods. Come on. Yeah, they had some chips in there. Like he, it, it was a, it was a great cart. It was a well solid cart, well balanced. It, it gets the yeah. uh, st- the rubber stamp of approval from, from Barstool Chief. Chief. Yeah. Not that I'm like some kind of peak fitness guy by any stretch, <laughs> but I, I know what good food is supposed to look like, and he had it. Did he have any burrata in there? <laughs> oh, now, <laughs> now you're lucky. talking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So, See? what do you make of what what Taves said this week for the first time in his career? He's contemplating what it might be like to play in another city. I I was not surprised. So he did the little sit down or phone call, or whatever, with uh, with the athletic. I guess when he made those comments, emotional. Hagel gets traded. I was like, I kind of just wrote those off. Be like, ah, he'll come around. He's an emotional guy. When he doubled down um, four days later after a couple games where Radish looks good, they're getting wins, they're playing well on the road. I was like, oh, I didn't like that because. I'm of the, uh, you know, I am sentimental, so I, I want those guys to finish their careers here on that level. I also don't think trading Taves and Kane, believe it or not, accelerates the rebuild that much. They're going to go to good teams. 
So you're going to have to replace their production with what first round picks that are drafted in the late 20s mm-hmm. and then hope you hope for some lottery luck that even when you get lottery luck you know i love dylan strome he was a third overall pick uh kirby doc third overall pick so even if you get that lottery luck you have to have you have to win the lottery first and also win the lottery in a year where you're not getting a nolan patrick right uh or even nico Heeshear you know, one or two overall. You need to get it in a year where there's a McDavid. And people say maybe Bedard next year is a guy like that, but who knows? So, and you're not, you know, so you'd have to tank hard for another year and then hope for the best. And that, Or you can just kind of keep these guys here, keep the culture the right way, and then supplement, you know, what they have coming. Um, and hopefully you can assume some development from Doc and Reichel and and get this thing you know back on track with those guys in tow. What do you do with Dylan Strom? He's got 31 points in the last 30 games since January 4th. You know he he's got to be a centerman. He's got to apparently be if not the top line, a top six guy. That impacts Kirby Doc, Lucas Reichel. Um, he's arbitration eligible as a restricted free agent. If you're Kyle Davidson, which way are you leaning? Are, are you leaning to re-upping him or or saying you know yeah. thanks for your service? I sign him. I mean, he's 25 years old. If I'm Dylan Strom, I think that I probably want to sign here too. You get some kind of a two or three year bridge deal, uh, work it out with Patrick Kane to make sure he's staying. Then you have three years of playing on a line with Patrick Kane. You're free agent again at 28, and then you're really cashing if you're him. And same thing with the Hawks. I don't think that having Dylan Strom in the lineup hurts Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc's got to get his own game going. There's plenty of ice for everybody to go around. But he's got to get himself going. He's got to buckle down on the dot the yes. way Dylan Strom did. Dylan yeah. Strom turned himself into, with sheer just hard work, a very reliable faceoff guy. So Doc's got to do the same thing. And I think, you know, get him on a, you know, a cheap deal because he's an RFA now too with very limited production. Get his confidence back. Make him the third-line center. Give him positive, you know, matchups in theory. And, and try to get him going. I don't think... I know they're trying to make Reichel a center. They really, if you have Taves, Strom, and Doc, what you need is wings. There's always time to switch them back to center later if that's his more natural position. Break them in nice and easy on the wing. Let them you know, be aggressive and attack with maybe not as many defensive responsibilities to think about and go from there. That's, that's what I would do. And then it also, if you are keeping Kane, he makes Patrick Kane better. So it's not a coincidence that Kane went on this you know, hot streak as soon as Strom was his center too. So that's like a, uh, you know, that's mutually beneficial for both guys. And and you need guys, if you're going to, you know, be a decent team or you're going to be paying Patrick Kane, you want to surround him with guys that get the most out of him. I mean, nothing against Ryan Carpenter, but Ryan Carpenter had way too many shifts over the last couple of years at center with Patrick Kane. That's not acceptable. You need to get, you need to be, able to get the most out of your best guys and Strom makes Kane better and it's not easy to play with Kane because his brain is he's Einstein <laughs> on the ice so if you get Strom a guy who can think the game that way and play him together I think you just you just do it Barstool Chief joins us on the hockey show on ESPN 1000 no question uh Strom is is attached to Kane so if if Kane is going to stay with this team during the rebuild and and 
re-sign, then yeah, it makes sense to keep Strom here. You good with him making just north of $4 million a year for Dylan Strom? Yeah, I, I think if he's, you know, if he's playing a full year with Patrick Kane, he's a center that you count on for 18 minutes, top power play lines, let's say chalk him up for 65, 70 points over a full year with Kane, that's a bargain. I'd say that's a bargain. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm fine with that. And, you know, they're going to they're gonna have to get creative here with, with the cap this year. Maybe they buy out Johnson. Maybe they buy out uh, Brett Connolly also. Uh, those those are things that aren't really talked about to you know give yourselves a little flexibility next year. Next year is when they get squeezed, right? Yes. The, uh, they don't have a goalie. Jones's deal kicks in, um, but Shaw's off the books. Dehan, you know, I don't know what they're doing with him. Obviously, didn't trade him, um, but they're they're going to have to get creative uh, if they want to have all those guys on the team next year and, uh, you know, get Kubelik out of here, replace him with anybody, hmm. million dollar player, whatever. And, uh, and then, you know, I think they'll be able to make it work, but they're, they're, they're probably going to have to use that buyout, uh, this summer, which is not something that they've done, but yeah, four, four, four point one 4.1 for Strom. I'm good with that. How comfortable are you with Seth Jones now entering the, uh, the eight year nine and a half million per over the next eight seasons? Are, are, are you, uh, I mean, I think we're we're stuck with it, whether whether say, you, you like it or not. Yeah. But but uh, are, where do you stand from the production that you've seen from him, that you expect to get, that you forecast, mm-hmm. and what what the Hawks are paying for him? Yeah, I, I think you know there's all this discussion: is he a one? Is he what is he? And he's not a Norris guy. Okay, he's not a Norris guy. I, I I'm pretty confident saying that he is a number one, and it's not like every single team in the NHL has a number one. Um, but I'd say he is that. He's in that 10 to 15 top defenseman in the league. And since you haven't been able to draft or develop a quality defenseman since Nick Jalmerson, you had to go out and get a guy like that. And a guy like that, as a, essentially as a UFA, there's no way that they would have been able to get him. If you know, Imagine if they were just, ah, we'll wait till next year when he's free agent. There's no way That's he's true. signed in That's a pile true. of garbage. <laughs> they had to overpay a little bit to get you know to get them in. I still don't care about the package that they gave up. I think that's fine. Like, it would have been nice if they didn't have to flip first round picks this past year. They could have ended up with Sillinger instead of Nolan Allen. Um, but overall, I think Seth Jones is you know you're going to see other defensemen get that number and above. We've already seen you know what's what's uh, I mean not that he's Adam Fox, but you're seeing defensemen get paid at a you know ten million dollar plus clip. And, and I think Jones is, he's, he's a really, really good player. And it just gets lost because people see that cap hit. They see that they're not, you know, a very good team. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's where it is. But it's not certainly not his fault. There's only one deficiency in his game that I can really point to, and that's his entry denial. Other, you know, but he's long, so he forces guys wide and it ends up not being that big of a deal. But when you're doing these analytics... It's like a it's like a flashing red light that always pops up, and people that just look at those charts and don't necessarily watch him every single night, they can't distinguish that. So I, I think he's a very good player, and this this discussion that he's not or that they shouldn't have him or they'd be better off without him is just to me is crazy. Lankinen says it's his time to shine. Um, is he here next year? Does it matter? Is he you know last year he did you know yeoman's job and he, and early on. 
he was the story. But now, do you even have a handle on on what his ceiling is or, or what he really is when it comes to goaltending? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like I'm this expert at analyzing goalies. Um, you can call up Scott Darling for that if you want. But, <laughs> um, but it, in reality, look, look at I don't. Lankin is 26. Um, I, I don't think his ceiling is much higher than what we've seen. If they want to bring him back at a, you know, he makes 800 now. If you want to bring him back at a million and give him more runway, but I think you know what he is. I think he's a fine NHL backup, um, but he's not a long-term solution. I don't know that they have one in the system. I don't know if Camesso is that. You know, it's a long way, long way. Uh, for the NHL, for him, he's probably got three, four years between college and the minor before he gets a sniff. That meaning Camesso, so they got to figure out, figure it out. I don't. I also don't really like that Soderblom guy. So, um, oh, you don't like him? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Um, just talking to people and you know, watching him in limited action, watching a couple uh, Rockford games is just. I don't know. Well, you know, it, he's only twenty-two, so that's very young for a goalie. But what I've seen, I don't. I don't love. Have you heard about that. his diet, too? Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Soderblom's diet. Okay. Can't, can't All right. La- <laughs> Last one from us. Mm-hmm. Kane and Taves. Do yeah. they both finish their career here? One of them finishes their career here? Or neither finish their career here? If you had to look into your uh, Barstool <sighs> Chief future. I, I think Kane will absolutely be here. And my gut says Taves will too. And, uh, you know, I, just, I don't think there's going to be a big market for him either. So it's like, was your, you know, it's almost like the old Corey Crawford thing where, like, Stan kind of ushered him out the door with, like, a terrible, you know, insulting offer. Um, and so he went to New Jersey and he got to New Jersey and he's like, what am I what doing, am I doing here? here? You know? So so if you're Taves and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to, you know, I'm making it up, but like Calgary or, you know, Carolina, you just like you pull into the North Carolina state, you know, practice facility, like, <laughs> like what? You go to Waffle you know, House? Yeah. It, yeah. So it's like the grass is always greener situation, but I, I think that they're better off. I think the team and both of them are probably better off with them here. And, and you know, I don't, think the culture thing should be dismissed either if you have these guys that can be like this is how we did it as you're bringing in everybody you're going to be bringing in the next several years are 25 and under i i, I think that you know you if you got rid of those guys you'd be looking to get oh let's you know like the marty lapointe right right they brought yeah. in marty lapointe and you know some of those types of names to, to kind of usher along the kids the last time around, I think you know you're going to be looking for character guys from somewhere else. Anyways, might as well keep them in house. Good stuff, Chief. As always, appreciate it. Get back to the the soccer and the NCAA tournament. All right, thanks, guys. That is Barstool Chief on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Back to wrap things up after this. You're listening to The Hockey Show. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. The Hockey Show. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. 
Back on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Pat Boyle with you. Thanks to our guest this week, Barstool Chief. Our producer, Tyler Aki. Coming up next, it's uh, Peggy and Dion. Uh, Courtney Cronin is in for Peggy. And then at uh, 1 o'clock, it's Fast Break. Black and Jay Hood will be here to uh, talk all things round leather. How did our uh, poll question come out, uh, Tyler Aki? And I believe we had celebrity uh, respondent to said poll question, right? Yeah, we did. Yurko chiming in on Twitter, and he said, so here's the question. It was, if Jonathan Taze and or Patrick Kane want to be traded, when should Kyle Davidson move them? And Yurko chimed in and said, correct answer was three years ago. (laughs) Which would have been tough to do for Kyle Davidson, by the way. (laughs) He was with the organization, but you're right. He probably would have met some resistance. You're not the general manager. Oh man! Uh, but man. It, it, you know what? The good kid has been on that. Uh, he he feels that uh, they should have been moved years ago, when they were worth uh, even more than they're worth. Johnny now. Handsome has a point. Yeah. Yep. Former season ticket holder of the Chicago Blackhawks. He uh, does that he, come into play selling tickets? Well, I I think it does during a maybe five year rebuild. The, I, I I absolutely think it does. In this day and age of analytics, I'm sure they know a figure. Or have a very strong grasp of what Kane and Taves means at the gate, means at corporate sponsorship level, yep. uh, suites. I, I, I really do. And like, just experience, right? In, in coming to the game and, and wanting to see something that looks like, you know, it's going to be a lot of growing pains. And, and, you know, having gone through that with baseball teams in town and now the Bears are going through it. It can it can be tough to stomach, uh, you know, forty one game season ticket package if, if there's really no there there. Yeah, I mean, look, if you picked a bear five years ago and said, okay, I'm going to get my son or daughter that jersey, chances are that player's already moved on. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you probably would have had a Khalil Mack a few years ago when he was putting up ridiculous numbers and, and making game changing plays for the Blackhawks. Uh, or Blackhawks, the Bears, yeah. and, and now you know I walk in every single night with uh, a, a bunch of fans that are eighty-eight, nineteen jerseys. I can't imagine if neither of those two were actually still performing for the Blackhawks. All part of the equation. All right, uh, rest of your weekend tomorrow. You're back with uh, Tyler basketball. You with Professor Tyler Aki. I'm just the T A T A. Tyler Aki's T A. T A T A T A. All right, that's going to do it for us. Coming up next, it's Peggy and Dion. Courtney Cronin in for Peggy. That'll do it for the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We'll catch you next week.